0: They told me what you doing. I said, what I'm about to do is turn the fuck up. Hey, this is Grizzly Cowject, and you're listening to Dark Match Podcast. This is the hottest sensation in pro wrestling today. Outlandish, Zicky Dice, and you're listening to the Dark Match Podcast.
1: This is Jesse Mack, and you're listening to the Dark Match Podcast. I'm way too tired for this shit.
0: Do I have everybody's attention now? Now?
1: whatever is right but you're like sending these goddamn snapchats of like oh look at how much money i got like and like no I okay
0: i don't do that i just no i just do it of look at this epic kill i'm not like certain friends of ours of, hey i just made breakfast
1: yeah
0: hey i'm making breakfast
1: yeah
0: hey i got coffee hey i'm making dinner i
1: can't even oh like-
0: man look at this on here's oh man hey
1: well, like Good I, I, I want to send out, room. like, yeah, like I want to send out, like, snaps of like what I'm actually dealing with. Like, Jesus, like our biggest thing right now is like our son is like fucking Andy Dufresne over here. I, I can't keep this kid contained. He knows how to climb out of his crib. We redid his crib. He's literally walked yeah, out you, of the house
0: twice. Let's be honest. You, you couldn't think of a better, a better explanation of what you, you use the one of the. The guy who leaves once, not the
1: guy who keeps leaving. Okay. We're well, use Andy Dufresne, who left once. Okay. Okay. So the fact that I can't remember what Sean Connery's character's name was in The Rock, like, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, dude, I don't know that fucking either. I've never seen that movie.
1: Well, I, I can't think of any movies where a person, like, someone has escaped, like, numerous times. Sorry that the first thing that came to mind was Shawshank Redemption, a movie that you.
0: Law Abiding watched. Citizen. He oh, fucking God. leaves and murders people.
1: Law-abiding citizens. Eddie Dufray didn't kill people. What are you talking about? He didn't pull the trigger, man. Anyway, did you watch Money in the Bank? You know I did. I know you did because you were texting me the whole time. A lot of uh, uh, a lot of yeah, parts. You of- and you weren't responding, you dick. Well, at <sighs> one point I turned it off. I went to go watch Billions, which is another show that you need to watch. And if no, you- I really don't. You do, because it's fantastic. Oh. It's a fantastic nah. show. Whatever. Nah. Becky Lynch nah. was on uh, the premiere episode too, so nah. good for her too. Congratulations to Becky Lynch. Expecting with uh, what what is uh, the moniker of Seth Rollins now? The Monday Night Messiah, debuting yep. new music too. So last night you heard it when he uh, he came out. He he looked possessed last night. I. I'm liking this new character. I'm liking this, uh, th- this. I guess you could say this darker version of Seth Rollins, where it's not where he's hiding behind numerous people and trying to be bad, where he's just taking it upon himself. Like he, whatever, it, sell or no sell. I, I mean, the the way that he's doing this it's is fantastic. He's got me invested in this character, so. But Money in the Bank, fantastic match with him and, and Drew McIntyre. I thought that was the match of the night. I, I liked the Money in the Bank match. I liked the concept, the comedy mixed into it as well, having uh, some of those uh, those cameos. You, you had the moment with Vince in Vince's office. I thought that that was pretty. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. That was pretty entertaining. The fact that they just nonchalantly brush over the fact that Baron Corbin may or may not have just killed two wrestlers like and then the fact that they had. Well, they glossed over it
0: on money and money in the bank. And can we also talk about how when each one got the title, like how to me it sounded like they just used 2K20 like vocalizations like and Asuka has won money in the bank. Like same. wow, Michael Cole, be more fucking excited! You. <laughs> <dick.">
1: <laughs> that was literally my exact same thought process too. I'm like, and like Oscar. I literally
0: thought, I'm like, and it was like almost like the next set of lines were like super generic. I'm like, they literally just stripped the video game, so they didn't have to have Michael Cole do anything
1: else. Yeah, it, it was like they put it into a simulation, and it's like the the fact that they also had like the NFL style explanation for like AJ Styles. Like he retrieved the briefcase, but then he fumbled it and Otis was able to recover. So I, I'm I'm pretty intrigued to see where this goes with with Otis and see what transpires from here. If he's going to actually keep it, is he gonna cash it in? Is he gonna take the title off of Braun Strowman? I granted, I wouldn't mind a match with Braun Strowman and Otis. I think it'd be pretty entertaining if they kind of eliminate the the, the comedy out of otis so but that's what kind of makes otis anyway but where does this leave heavy machinery at this time or were they gonna just get rid of tucker but th- those are a lot of questions that are unanswered here but at this point I, I guess there there's nothing better to do than jump right into our interview right now <laughs> We have a very exciting interview tonight. Someone I've followed in Ohio Valley Wrestling, or OVW as it's known. It's not the territory that builds up into WWE, but obviously they still have a watchful eye on it as well. But we have none other than Dolph Ziggler's favorite nephew, AJZ, on the line with us here tonight. A very highly requested individual as well. Going back through my DMs. I see here that we do have a few individuals that did drop his name. So what did we do? We slid into his DMs, asked if he would come on the show, and here we are today. First and foremost, AJZ, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great.
2: Thank you for sliding the DMs, because otherwise I wouldn't be here today. Well,
1: we appreciate you coming on and, and replying to that, not leaving us on red like a lot of people do, or girls in high school all the time. But either way, we're here <laughs> well, now. Well, speak for yourself, not for me. Very true, very true, very true. So not many people uh, reply to people in band. But I'm talking about Dave, and that's about it. But Hey! <laughs> what? I was in band for two years. It's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, we're already off to a great oh start. So. But I'm if, kicking your ass. You couldn't <laughs> in high it, school. I'm why could it. you? Oh, uh, what did you get yourself into? He's like, why did I even reply? But uh, <laughs> obviously in today's day and age, we do want to take a couple steps back here. Kind of get to know a little bit more about you in today's economic stance and in the professional world of pro wrestling. Not a whole lot going on right now, so we do want to get to know a little bit more about you. But first and foremost, before we get there, where exactly are you from? I grew up in West Bend, Wisconsin, on
2: a farm. Farm raised and. Then I moved my way down to South Carolina. I lived in Myrtle Beach for a little bit, went to school. I took all my classes, put them online, and moved to Louisville, Kentucky to
1: go to OVW. Kind of taking a few steps back. Now, when you said that you went to school, did you yeah. go to college in, in Myrtle Beach, or did you go to— Correct. Okay, so you lived your entire life up until college time in in Wisconsin. Yes. And then Wisconsin. decided, you know what, screw the snow, I'm going to Myrtle Beach.
2: That's exactly right. There was a few times when I had to wake up ridiculously early when I was working as a personal trainer, and I would just slip and fall right on my backside. Before I started wrestling, taking bumps in the snow, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to live here for the rest of my life.
1: Now, when you were falling, were you telling yourself, "Tuck your chin"? Of course, and it's a smart thing to do. <laughs> and that's the only thing. Like even now, like when I'm like, if I slip on ice, the only thing that's going through my head is. Like, tuck your chin, tuck your chin. Not like, hey, hold on to the kid that you're holding right now. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't right, do that. Right, exactly. To the kids.
2: No, screw that. Tuck the chin.
1: Yeah, tuck the chin. Like, protect yourself. And if you're
2: going to go down, go down in style, you know, at least, you know, snap bump it a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, like, even when you're on an airplane, like, hey, put your mask on first. Like, protect yourself first, not the kid that you're carrying. So. Yeah, duh. <laughs> you're living in Wisconsin. You can't take the, the snow. So you move down to Myrtle Beach. What kind of drew you to Myrtle Beach other than just no snow?
2: Well, that was the biggest point was no snow, being able to go to the beach. I mean, college and the beach kind of mixed pretty well. But with that, my brother went to school down there as well, so I kind of followed him because he was a couple years older than me, so I followed him down there, and that's why I applied and got in there.
1: And what did you study?
2: Uh, well, I still currently am in college, just uh, I'm going for a marketing major in the school of Coastal Carolina. So
1: Oh, nice. So well, you. heard of that. Uh, you've heard of Coastal Carolina, Dave? Shut up, Pat. Did, did you apply there?
2: No, actually, I did not. Okay.
1: Well, <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they don't have a good uh, engineering program. Who knows? So yeah. you, you, you stayed in wonderful Cleveland, Ohio, where uh, it, it's still snowing, but maybe you could have went down to Myrtle Beach and avoided the snow. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Life choices, my friend. So you're still going to school. How do you kind of manage that between being a professional wrestler, being on TV as well, and... With everything that you have going on in, in your personal life, still managing college at the same point.
2: Um, it's just effective time management skills. Because even back in the day, I was bodybuilding in high school, and I always kept myself busy. I was on the golf team, did bodybuilding, and I was in school trying to be grades up and stuff. So, like a thing that I do, honestly, and this could be a tip or not for your viewers and listeners, listeners, it's a podcast. But um, I just wake up a lot of times and I write down a list of. 10 things I want to do in the day and I just check them off. And if I don't get them done, then I'm not going to sit down and watch TV. So I I just orient my schedule based upon getting stuff done. And I am organized with what I want to do. And then I just check things off the list as I
1: go through it. That's a smart thing to do. Kind of have like that to do list in the sense, because I do that when I get to work, but if I'm off, no chance I have like a to do list at all. My wife leaves me to do lists, but that's about it. Like,
0: Except
1: yeah, that's a total wife move, though, right? It, it is a wife move. Like, it, <laughs> I, 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 in in my defense, in my defense, my wife's probably going to shoot me for this, but she's not here, so she can't throw anything at me right now. Which has yeah. happened. Social distancing. She's social distancing right now at her sister's house. I God oh knows. Yeah, I know. I was like, "Are you freaking mad?" But whatever, gets her away from here and throwing stuff at me. But, but I'll I'll make sure to tell her. You would, you dick. All right, so back to it. But oh, you too. I, I like. There was this one time where I decided, you know what, I'm gonna take it upon myself. I'm gonna take the initiative, and I'm gonna do things without being asked. Literally, everything that I did, I didn't know that there was a wrong way to fold a towel. There was a wrong way to fold a shirt. There was. Don't a, you know that? There's a wrong way to load the dishwasher. Did you know that? Like, there's a right way to load the dishwasher. Like, I just thought you put dirty dishes. In it, I didn't no, know. There's you. certain ways you have to do stuff. This bullshit. They all still get clean the exact same way, no matter if they're on the top shelf or the bottom well, shelf. I don't know about that. No, don't don't side with her. So, but having a to do list and then having that reward at the end of the day to watch TV. What do you kind of transitioning here? What are some of your motivating factors to get to TV? What are some shows that obviously? You're making a to-do list, because otherwise, if you don't complete it, you don't watch. So, what what are some shows that you find yourself uh, making that goal for?
2: Honestly, man, other than wrestling, I pretty much just watch Netflix or some movies with my girlfriend, and then just pass out. Nothing, like, super specific. We don't really have any shows that we tune in to watch every single week, but... We just kind of watch movies or get a Redbox or Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or whatever it is and just kind of watch a movie.
1: Now, with Netflix, and Dave knows exactly where I'm going with this, have you jumped on the <sighs> Have you watched it yet? Have you watched it no. yet? You're at no, home. Cause every- no, because everybody's talking about it. I'm not going to fucking watch it,
0: but I'm also going to wait till Amy get- gets here again and we'll probably start watching
1: it. Yeah, you're going to watch it. Okay, have you dove down the rabbit hole of Tiger King?
0: I have not
2: yet, but my brother and his girlfriend did, so I might be intrigued to watch it.
1: I have watched it twice. I watched it once alone. What? I I watched it once alone, and then I... Got yelled at, and watched watch it again. No, I didn't get yelled at. I told Shannon that she needed to watch it, and now it is like... She thought it was the stupid... It it is by far one of the stupidest documentaries I've ever watched, but... What is it
2: even about? Like, obviously, it's about tigers and some guy that owns tigers. But like, what is? So, it? What uh,
0: is so, You're an expert now. All, from all the memes that I've, I'm gonna jump in first. From all the memes that I've seen, it's a uh, gay guy turning straight guys gay with masks and, and tigers. tigers. Uh, <laughs> that some like wo- some woman some woman some woman murdered her husband and may have fed them to the tigers. That's all I've gotten.
1: Okay. So,
0: Interesting. That's a wide
2: variety of topics there.
1: Yes. So, long story short, it's about uh, the life of private zoo owners and big cat owners, um, and it, it focuses on one individual. His name is Joe Exotic, believe it or not. He's also a country singer, but you're going to have to... You're going to have Bullshit. to... Oh, oh, come on. Like you, you just have to watch. I'm not giving anything away, but it... it It talks about how um, this one guy was doing a documentary about big cats and he just wanted to do and just talk about private ownership of these animals and it literally just turned into like the biggest just conspiracy and the biggest shit show you could ever imagine and watch unfold. Um and it talks about this woman that's big on like rescuing these big cats and i'm sure you've seen memes for it her name is carol baskin and she's for shutting down these like private owners for tigers but she has her own zoo for tigers which is a complete okay. contradiction you just have to watch i'm not going to give anything away and i've i've fallen down the rabbit hole i've had 14 days of no work. I, I've watched a couple different documentaries. I've watched, uh, I've watched Tiger King, and then I watched this one called The Pharmacist. I don't know if uh, you've heard of that one, but I would definitely recommend that one. That one's not so um, meme-worthy, it, I think is the best term to use for it. You're not going to see a whole lot of memes for it, but it talks about like the uh, opiate epidemic um, all across the U.S. and things like that. So it was very interesting. Okay. So... I, I've always my wife gives me gives me stuff all the time because I always find like the weirdest documentaries to watch. And I think uh, Tiger King took the cake overall. So you, you don't find yourself <laughs> watching or watching a show every single week. You you watch wrestling. So kind of back on to the, the wrestling talk before this becomes the the Tiger King podcast, whatever you want yeah, to call right. it.
0: But yeah, let's get
1: off of that. You, you need to get on it. You, you, do i though yes you do at least once you need to try it at least once it's peer pressure my friend yeah you need to try it once before you knock it that's why you started drinking so anyway where did wrestling come sure. from the fold so you you were a bodybuilder all through high school you, you you definitely have the physique for it still to this day and you were a personal trainer as well in in wisconsin you slipped on your ass a couple times and decided you know what? I'm done with this. I'm going to Myrtle Beach. But where did wrestling kind of come into the fold through this entire experience?
2: Well, when I was a kid, I always obviously loved wrestling. That's, you know, the basic story that everyone tells. But with that, I started wrestling with my brother on a trampoline, all my friends on a trampoline. And then eventually, you know, backyard wrestling, here we go. One of my buddies bought a ring, and then we had like our little um, extreme hardcore wrestling federation. So it's a pretty basic story of pretty much every kid who grew up as a wrestling fan. But with that, When I was 14 or so, I started getting some real training, and then I had a few matches. But then I realized, man, I'm too young, I'm too small, and I can't get any real bookings at this age, at 14, 15 years old. So I took a break, got into bodybuilding, um, won a few shows as a natural bodybuilder, some national and regional shows. And then with that, once I got into college, and then I realized, you know, natural bodybuilding is great and everything, but there's only so far you can really go with that as a career because most of the bodybuilding where you can actually make a living off of it requires you to use steroids, and that wasn't a route I wanted to take. So what I did was I just said, you know what? What have I always loved way more than bodybuilding? Why did I even get into working out? Why did I even get into lifting? Why did I even get into wanting to have that physique look like that? Well, it was because of wrestling, and I always watched wrestling in and out throughout college and et cetera those years. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to pursue this. So I started training in North Carolina, at a school car called Firestar Pro Wrestling. And uh, the trainer was LeBron Cozone. I can't thank him enough for my experience there. And then I took a few bookings and then I met Al and the rest is history.
1: So, it, just out of curiosity, when it comes to bodybuilding, is there like particular like weight classes or like, or are you all just oh, yeah, grouped yeah. together and you're going up against no. like these beefy guys that are probably on roids and, and juicing like crazy or like, is it? Ah last
2: um so there's natural bodybuilding shows and then there's quote-unquote untested shows i've competed in both but i've always been natural throughout but with that you're always going to be paired up with guys who are in a different weight class once you get to the overall so practically how it works for people who don't know how it works is usually there's like a lightweight light heavy middleweight heavyweight class maybe sometimes a super heavyweight maybe other classes depending on you know how many people show up and then each winner of those classes generally at amateur shows compete in an overall class and then the overall class it doesn't matter what weight class you were in you just compete against everybody who won their class so to answer your question it depends you can either compete against people your weight and if you win that class then you have to compete in the overall
1: now when you say like the natural and like untested are you tested like right when you get there or do you have to submit like a drug test beforehand?
2: Um, at amateur natural bodybuilding shows, you get drug tested as soon as you get there. Not and then, how- if you win the show, if you win the show, then you have to pee in a cup. The first one's like, uh, what's it called? I don't. What's that test called? The lie detector test. So you have to take one of those. And then, if you actually win the show and become a pro, then you have to pee in a
1: cup. That's and- intense. How many times it just it, in your experience like do they just go to like the next like runner up or has anyone actually like failed the test after they pee in the cup at like the All Natural
2: uh, To be honest man I haven't I've only done like three or four shows cuz like when you diet for a show it takes about 6 months to get ready for it so my experience is limited based on how many shows I've been to but no I haven't really experienced anyone not passing from my recollection but it's also been like 4 years so
1: Now it, just from my experience, because at, at our high school uh, that my co-host and I went to, we actually hosted a, a bodybuilding show. And I know this is going to seem like a weird question, but why is Crisco the the choice for, for bodybuilding? What is- uh, like Crisco, like covering your body in Crisco. That, that's the one thing that with working all the body shows that we did... Well, not my co-host, but, like, my high school, we had, like, a huge auditorium that was rented out for these bodybuilding shows. And afterwards, we were, like, in the, like, essentially, like, cleanup crew. Like, I did, like, lighting and sound and audio for the shows. But afterwards, we would also have to, like, go through and, like, clean up. And I can't Mm -hmm. tell you how many, like, bottles of Pam, Crisco, everything. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, some, some shows tell you you can't do that because, like, when you go to a high school, sometimes that crap gets all over the place. So, they'll limit that. But usually, a lot of bodybuilders use baby oil as long as it doesn't smear off their, their tan. But, you know, at a lot of natural shows, a lot of those guys use, uh, dream tan, which is like, like a lotion almost. And they just, they get the, their tan's not even a spray tan. It's obviously not a real tan. Bodybuilding, you're, like, legitimately very dark before you step on stage. So, with that, um, A lot of natural guys use, like, this dream tan, and then you really can't use an oil. But if you have, like, a legitimate spray tan, I think some guys use baby oil, but I've never heard of, like, Pam or anything like that.
1: Yeah, it was, like, literally, we were walking through, and it was, like, garbage bags just full of, like, Pam, Crisco, and the cleanup afterwards. Because it would get everywhere, and everything would be just, like, slick to the touch, steps, like, railings, the actual like stage area it was just covered so i was just kind of curious what it was like is it for like the shiny effect i guess you could say
2: yeah yeah gotcha. exactly because it
1: makes you pop a little more yeah it, it doesn't make you smell good like it just makes you want to like eat more apparently i don't know so and well yeah but when I,
2: you're when you're shiny like that you pop i actually have a funny story about that one time i had baby oil but i didn't have anyone with me backstage until like, i Run and i was right about to go out and it was like pumping up and i forgot about the baby oil so i put it on my front side and i put on like way too much and then i had no one to put on my back side so it was like super shiny on the front and then from the back i was just like sandpaper it was hilarious but so with that if you ever do a bodybuilding show to all your listeners make sure you have someone backstage with you to put the baby oil or whatever on so you don't just have one side that looks like a Side and the other side that looks like sandpaper.
1: Okay, so Dave, when I compete in my next bodybuilding show, I need you to do my backside.
2: Yeah,
0: perfect. Look what I did here.
1: Yeah, teamwork makes the dream work, my friend. Yeah, um, that's why you're married. No, I'm, I'm no. She would never do it. She wouldn't even show up. She she didn't even come to my wrestling match when I when I wrestled. She was like, Shit, Yeah, I know
2: your Amateur or pro?
1: Uh, I did pro wrestling.
2: Oh, you did.
1: Yeah, I, I worked. Uh, I worked ASWA out of uh, Mansfield, Ohio. It was uh, I teamed with Abyss and Izzy Lambert versus uh, Madman Fulton and the team of uh, Better Than You. So I, nice. I, I, I just got the shit kicked out of me. So it would have been like a dream for her to watch me get my ass kicked, and she didn't even show up. So
2: really, that's that's rough, man.
1: No, she had a bachelorette party. Like, it was uh, a there was an event a few months building up to it, and I didn't know what the date was for the show for the match that we were going to have. And yeah, I literally like get out of the ring, like, I'm like fuming, like walking to the back type of situation. Like, I was a it it was uh, like a special guest timekeeper, and I get back in the back area, and my wife just like walks up to me. She's like, "Um, So February 2nd, huh? I'm like, yeah, like, that's the day of the event. She's like, you know I have uh, Blank's bachelorette party that day. And it was a wedding that she was the matron of honor in. I was like, well, okay. shit. So she had a good enough excuse. Like she saw enough videos. Uh, she saw enough videos of me getting like chopped and hit and kicked and all kinds of stuff. So it, it made for the the fun of the event. So, but Perfect. no, she would never go to a uh, bodybuilding show, especially for me, and and put oil on me. And there, that's no, just- she would
0: no, she would just be there with a the video camera, laughing the whole time.
1: Oh yeah, she'd show our kids. Like she'd be like, remember that time you thought you could be a bodybuilder? Like, look at him. Hey, you
0: see how big of an idiot your father is?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it just, it wouldn't be good. It's like, look at that definition, like, right there. Th- there's none at all.
0: That's, look, look at that. That That's that's the five Big Macs he had last week.
1: I haven't had a Big yeah. Mac and I can't tell you how long. Like, I, I, yeah.
0: Insert fast
1: food here. Shut up, dude. I, I would <laughs> sure. kill for fast food right now. I would kill for Gosh. it. I I would kill for bread that's not made of cauliflower. So, although I have come around to it, I have come around to cauliflower. It's delicious, and I mean you could turn anything in, in as long as you, you you I don't know drink enough anything cauliflower can be whatever you want it to be. Cauliflower pizza, very good actually. But we're getting off topic again so shocker <laughs> it's All right, shocking
0: That's how we like
2: it it's, conversation style
1: exactly so uh, you meet Al Snow you I would only assume from there you made the transition up into OVW but what was that transition like it's not every wrestling school is the same let's face it there's a million different ways to do a wrist lock a headlock. lock and there's a million different ways and especially someone experienced like Al Snow might have a, a little more grasp on things than other individuals, not taking anything away from your previous training, but what was that experience like going from training in North Carolina to now being an OVW, being trained by Al Snow? What was that transition kind of like?
2: Well, here's the thing. When it comes to wrestling, I almost feel like as long as you have a decently reputable trainer, you can pretty much learn the moves, the basics, and the fundamentals at any school. But the difference about going in training at with Al at OBW is it doesn't matter what you're doing. Everything is why. So why are you doing that? You know, like, for what reason are we going to have this of this promo? How are we going to make this segment either build into something or what's the payoff per se? And in your match, why are you doing it? Otherwise, don't do it at all. So I'd say the biggest transition from training at other places versus training with Al is It's not about what we're doing here. It's not about running a spot or doing these moves or crazy false finishes. It's telling a story, getting people emotionally invested, and getting people to want to pay to see me or everybody else performs that we can draw more and make more money and, as a result, entertain more people.
1: Mm -hmm. And kind of selling on – obviously, you guys have a TV show as well, so kind of selling on the camera side of it. Was that kind of a hard transition, like learning, like, hey, you know where the hard camera is in a sense? No, okay.
2: in my old school, we had the hard cans and stuff, but the biggest difference was learning TV and with TV, it's crazy time limits. You know, you, you're told you have seven minutes and then right before you go out, you're told you have three and then you get out there and you realize, oh crap, we have three minutes. And then, you know, you got to adjust and fix and go with the flow so that you don't go over your time because every single second on TV costs money. So just making sure that you hit times under pressure in the moment, you know, Concisely to get across, like I said, the business that was the biggest difference between just doing indie shows versus training and being at OVW and being on TV.
1: So you'd be like walking out thinking you had like seven minutes, you orchestrate this match that can go seven minutes. Oh, and- yeah! Oh, yeah! <laughs> wow, like, do you like just kinda- you'll be
2: backstage, they'll be backstage and they'll scream at you and say, Oh, you got cut three minutes, that last thing went long, get out there, you have four.
1: Geez, I-, I couldn't even imagine that, like just the fans.
2: Now, our matches, you know, two minutes. minutes. Our match is two minutes after two minutes of entrances, et cetera, et cetera. Now we have two minutes to get that business across. Just adjusting and fixing and altering your game plan to still get that business across in a timely fashion so you don't run overtime is the biggest thing because every single second on TV um, definitely costs money.
1: Now, the biggest difference with some of the individuals uh, that we've had on our show, not many individuals that we've had actually are on a, a weekly uh, television series. Now, whether that's broadcasted everywhere or not, that's debatable. But in, in your case, what kind of advice can you really give to individuals that are trying to make that, I guess you could say that that staple to get themselves on that platform? What kind of advice can you kind of give to those listeners that we have that are currently working through the business to get to the platform that you're on currently with ovw or even working their way up trying to get to other platforms of weekly episodic television
2: i would just say to anyone who wants to get to that stage as far as being on tv it's really just a matter of in a sense yeah meeting and finding and being with the right people like i was with al but also with that it's just super important to just continue to build your craft and find something that makes you stand out or different. Like if you go to your average indie show, there's probably five guys that weigh, you know, under there what they should, you know, and then there's probably five guys that weigh too much. And their characters are all very similar. They don't really have anything at all. So there just has to be something a little bit different. It doesn't mean you have to look like a bodybuilder. It doesn't mean you have to be super crazy high flyer. It doesn't mean you have to be, you know, this giant, massive guy who weighs 300 pounds. It just means you just have to have something that makes someone want to put you on TV to use you. You know what I mean? Like, what benefit are you going to bring to their company?
1: Yeah. How are you going to market yourself? Because Exactly. Because if you can't, and that's market the biggest son, part yeah. about
2: OVW. That's the biggest part about OVW. Is yeah, we have TV and now we're national television with the YouTube America Network, which has just recently come out. But with that, just the biggest part about being at OVW is Al helping us learn how to work on TV, establish who we are, establish why we're doing it, and establish how we can make money doing it, not just going through the motions and being like everybody else.
1: Now, just kind of thinking back to. Previous shows that I've seen Al Snow on, quote unquote. Uh, What would you say other than the wrestling aspect? Did you kind of find it hard learning the promo aspect of it? Is it kind of like what you see on, um, what's that uh, like backstage with like there's a bunch of people just watching you? You get up in front of the class and hey, cut a promo and try to to sell it to me.
2: No, I've always been good at conversing and talking and communicating with people but i would say <clears throat> the biggest problem with learning how to do promos in the way of tv is at least with al's uh coaching would be okay that's cool you said the words right but i'm not believing it it's not real it's not true it's not honest who you are so yeah like there's really good promos that people can cut but it doesn't come across genuine so i would say in some respects where I've kind of had to work on was not necessarily being able to communicate with good words, but just communicate in a way that's believable to everyone who watches it. Cause like, it's easy to get in there and say, yeah, I'm going to beat him up. Yeah. I'm going to take him down. Yeah. I'm just going to get in there and just annihilate him." yada, yada, yada. But if you look at me, I'm six feet tall, 215 pounds. And if I'm saying that to a guy who's 300 pounds, it's not really logical. If it was an actual fight, would I actually say those things? Probably not. So, if I don't believe in what I'm saying, how are people who are watching it gonna believe in what I'm saying? So, if that makes any sense at all.
1: Well, yeah, like yeah, if someone's got eighty, eighty plus pounds on you, you're not right. gonna go out there saying, "Oh, I'm gonna easily whoop your ass." Like, no, it's gonna be right, a fight. Exactly. Like, but I, that's
2: the classic promo: is like, "I'm gonna beat you up, I'm gonna go Hokamania and I'm gonna run wild all over you." Like, that's what everyone does because they think that's that's what it means to be a tough, real wrestler. But in reality. Sometimes just saying like, you know what, this guy's bigger than me. This guy's been around longer than me, and this guy's done it better than me. But you know what? I've got more heart. I've got more passion. I've got more desire, and that'll come through in the end. Just like something like that is just more genuine. People are like, okay, I want to see this kid win. Yeah.
1: Now with promos, everyone kind of has those go-to people and those quote-unquote uh, tapes that they can go to. When you were kind of starting out what were some of those promos that you remember kind of going back to and trying to mimic in a sense, like even as a kid and now even into a career, who are some promos that you kind of gravitate towards to kind of not only get that inspiration, but kind of get that uh, creative juice flowing?
2: Definitely Cena, definitely The Rock, definitely Austin. But I think the most genuine promos were CM Punk's when he just went out there and just just said what was on his mind regarding the company and whatever he thought at that time not saying i agree with the things he said but the things that he said came across real and i think that's what helped him get so over was just literally saying what he thought and people bought into that and like hey we like this guy because it's real so i think cm punk had it down to a tee yeah,
1: and like and with his pipe bomb too i mean that's going to live in infamy forever just oh for sure well, it, it was, it's crazy all this time that passes, especially from that, that pipe bomb, and I think that was roughly, Dave, I think that was roughly around about the time that you came back into the fold with wrestling, in a sense, too. Am I right? I was, right about-
0: yeah, was, was- like 11 years
1: old. You were 11 years old?
2: Yeah, 2011, I was, well, it was the summer, so I was
1: probably 12. I probably just turned 12 at that point. Okay. Okay. Oh. We, uh, okay. Okay. Let me, yeah. let me absorb that yeah. really quick.
0: Excuse me, while I chug the rest of this beer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's like we we just told him to get a drink, Dave. I'm like shit. Whoa. It's like wait, never mind. He go, he, he, never mind. He go, he goes to coastal. It's fine. He he drinks already. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't. drink at all. No man. Well, yeah, he's a bodybuilder, dude. Well, yeah. Come on, Pat. Yeah, yeah and, bro, Only protein
2: drink, brother.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> God, God okay, damn it. So pan. back to the original he, he's he was eleven at the time, but that's around about the time that you came back into the fold with with the pipe bomb. But what was so believable about it, I, I remember just like watching and, and I believe it was like even a story on like ESPN and I, I think like even like Mike Rome like even covered it and was even talking about it. Like is this real? Like is this a shoot? shoe? Like, <laughs> You mean Jim you mean Rome? Yeah. I I, I I miss wrestling, I guess. I, Mike Rowe. I, I guess. guess. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. Wow, right. Yeah, Jim Rome was uh, even talking about it and saying, like, is this real? Like, it, Obviously, like, they cut off his microphone. They made it look, like, extremely real. And come to find out years and years later, it, it was all a work. And But it, they made you believe it. Like, you wanted... And that crowd response, obviously, it was in Chicago, so it was a little one-sided. But especially with the star power that Cena had. I mean, coming out, he's usually like all over the place. He, he's jumping around. He's excited. He just walks out and just walks right to the ring. He's like, you know what? I know yeah. I'm not liked here. I, I know they're not going to like me. I know they're going to boo me out of, the buil- uh, out of the building. So let me try to at least get myself over just a little bit. But this is going to be the CM Punk show, and I mean, when he got that win, that place just erupted. So, oh yeah, for sure. And he was always so good on the mic too. I, I and there's a lot of people even in the world today. One individual, perfectly, uh, I think he just came out just recently too on uh, on Jericho's podcast, Brody Lee, or also known as Luke Harper. He can talk. If you watch any of his independent uh, promos. He did a fantastic job. The problem was in WWE they wanted him to have like this disgusting like Southern twang to him, and he couldn't do it. And now here he is on AEW spitting out these fantastic promos, buying you into to what this uh, Dark Order is selling. And I I mean, it just goes to show. Even Cody Rhodes, like with his promos, they just. I, I think that's the biggest problem is they just don't give these people the stick to really sell themselves. And I, I think it's just way too scripted. So I that's why I, I like independent. They just tell them, go out there and, and get the, get over. I think what you said pretty much... I mean, I,
2: I can't attest to what a company is doing or what they're not doing. Cause I'm not qualified to say that. But I think that's definitely a good perspective to take for the most part.
1: Yeah, like it, obviously time restrictions as well i'm sure that there's been tons of promos put in place and oh that one went over so we we can't do that we have to cut it and who knows but so you kind of found yourself obviously i'm trying to to take the the age here into account so uh, you found yourself kind of gravitating towards cena and the rock and cm punk and People along that nature, but how does that kind of correlate to your current character? Because for those individuals that don't know you or know your character, kind of tell us a little bit about how that kind of helped mold you professionally today. I mean, I think yeah,
2: you take a little bit of bits and pieces of other people, but I think you just have to be an extension of yourself. So you know, with that, I think Cena just helped and helped me install like that really never give up attitude as a baby face and just. I think it's more so just how he did his things versus what he did. So to put to put a nail on it would just not really give it all a justice. But I think just watching Cena's mannerisms, the way he talks, and the way he even looks around while he's doing his stuff, I think those are the little things that you can just take away versus like a definitive thing like yes, he wore orange, so I wear orange. Like just stuff like that. But on that token, sometime at OVW, and you know, obviously John went through there on my debut. I got called out as the prototype, so that kind of, on house shows and stuff, people will chant Cena at me, so I think that's kind of funny because I looked up to him so much in the same territory he was at.
1: They, they called you the prototype? Was it the the fans that did it, or was that how you were billed?
2: Um, no, when I got called out, so what happened was I was in the crowd, not in the crowd, like all the boys came out because Justin Smooth at the time was a champ, and he called out everybody and said, I'll defend my title to anyone of my choosing. And he went around, and nobody ever saw me before. He said, I'll pick you. Him. Who? That kid? What? Never seen him before. Yeah, that John Cena lookalike. And then all the boys in the back before that called me the prototype. And then after that, when the fans heard it, it kind of took off a little bit at house shows from here and there. I'll hear them chant Cena or something like
1: that. And it still carries on (laughs) to this day as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It was in September, but yeah.
1: Oh, jeez. So how do you kind of find yourself kind of, well, I'm sure you'd look at it as like a like a, a badge of honor in a sense because that's truly who got you into it. But have you tried to kind of separate yourself and try to make yourself uh, your own individual and not just a John Cena oh, yeah, for sure. like carbon copy? No,
2: not, I, I wrestle a different way. I act a different way. I present myself in a different way. It's just the slick back hair kind of, boots and tights look that he had at ovw i guess translate to people in a way that reminds them of john cena so i wrestle or do anything in the way trying to mock him it's just i mean every now and then maybe i'll pull out a five knuckle shuffle if i want to or something like that but with that no i don't try to emulate him
1: i would bust out what's that uh new move that he has like it's like the the gigantic punch or something i, I don't even know what it's called yeah it's
2: like yeah, I have no idea what it is, but it's like the the big punch or something. I don't know what it's called, but the yeah. first time I saw it, I was like, really? But I guess when it's wrestling, you can make everything mean nothing or you can make everything mean everything. Or rather, I said that wrong. You can make nothing mean everything or you can make everything mean nothing depending on how you sell it. So, I mean, if he wants to make that punch the greatest thing ever, I'm pretty sure he'll be able to do it because he's been able to do everything he's ever tried to do in wrestling. So I don't see why not.
1: Yeah, we we've actually had that conversation previously, like how these moves, like way back in the day, like meant so much. Like, it, for example, like the one uh, the one example we brought up was uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, the DDT. No one ever did it, and he was the innovator of it. And when he did it, right. you knew you weren't kicking out. There was absolutely no way right. you were kicking out. Now everyone does a DDT then uh-huh. uh, you have Hulk Hogan. His finishing move was a leg drop, a standing leg right. drop. And that was how he finished the match. Ultimate Warrior. Uh-huh. A big splash standing up right next to the person. Now those moves are nothing. People kick out immediately, but you did those moves back in the day. Like I, And everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of moves have kind of moved away from that. Now, like... Uh, what was the move, Dave, that like we were... Uh, the Canadian Destroyer. No yeah. one used to do that. Now everyone does it. And yeah. it, it kind of lost its allure with it. But, I mean, if you can get over a big punch, why not? I mean, you, you got over a five-knuckle shuffle. He got over a fireman's carry slam. Slam. So, and that I what did they call it? Like the five moves of doom or something like that? Yeah, yeah who, who in the last 20 years has drawn more than him in and that company? I completely agree. Like even my my kids don't even really watch wrestling and they know who John Cena is. And they know Oh yeah, he's a household name at this point. Oh, my fa- my favorite point ever. Dave, you'll get a huge kick out of this. So my daughter's looking at I I have like action figures on my desk and I I just recently got one of The Rock and hey, wait 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 wait
0: i did not get informed of this one
1: i know i didn't tell you i was saving it for now you son of a bitch it's always got to be live my friend so uh i hate you my, my daughter looks at it and she goes that guy looks like the guy from jumanji and i literally it is. I, I just like literally like put my head down and then i had to introduce her to who dwayne johnson was before he was uh in jumanji and uh fast and furious she's like he was a professional wrestler i'm like oh yeah i like, forgot you're yeah you're seven it's like yes <laughs> like when i was seven years old i i i hated i i hated uh the rock sorry like, dude
0: like even the other week when it's like ha- it was we were having a sleepover it was me my girlfriend her daughter and my niece like the two of them they're th- the daughter and my niece are 13. So, yeah, I introduced them to Dwayne Johnson as a wrestler with hair, and they flipped out over that.
1: Oh, my God. We're old. We are way too old, my friend. <laughs> my God. like Yeah, it
2: makes you feel any older, and I wasn't even alive for most of the Attitude Era. Well, actually, no, 99. Well, yeah, most of it, I suppose. Half of it, at least. <laughs>
1: Hey Ugh. hey Dave, you want to talk about ninety nine really quick? Oh God. Uh <laughs> what was I doing in ninety nine? Um Hey, remember nineteen ninety seven? That was a sad year. Yeah. Uh yeah. We're not well, gonna talk about you, you really want to talk about <laughs> the Indians right now? Jesus. no well, we- well, hey, Lenny Barker's perfect game is on TV, so I'm okay. My God! And then tomorrow night we have a uh, game five and game seven of the NBA Finals from 2016. We were all—let me remind you—we right. were all on this call alive during that, though. And let us not forget <laughs> the Golden State Warriors blew a three-one lead. Blew a three-one lead. So <sighs> what a great time! That, that's a tidbit of information. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, right. like in '99. Let's see. Uh, I started off the year hating The Rock, and then I went on to love The Rock nearing the end of the year, and
0: dude, The Rock is the best, regardless of how,
1: regardless of him
0: flipping and everything, he was the best.
1: I got Dave on the the Rock talk right now. Jeez, we're never gonna get him to shut up. <laughs> Sorry, AJZ. We dude, come on, come on. Ooh, how is he not up? like the best? He, he is. Like who is who is drawn more than him? I mean, he's made the. I, at this point, how many Fast and Furious movies are there? I mean, 84. I mean, there, there's not anything that they haven't driven a car through, to be honest with you. There's nothing that they dude, have to they d- had.
0: Dude, they had to push it out of a goddamn plane just to keep these things going. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of them. I'm over it. Okay, I'm done.
1: Okay. Good Good talk. Good talk, Dave. Drink your beer, okay? You need to calm down a little bit. You're getting, right. a, li- getting right. a little too worked up here.
0: All right. You can continue.
1: Okay. Thank you. So but no, like there there's John Cena. He he I mean, you just put him on a movie poster, you put him on a TV poster. I think like yesterday I saw him in a commercial for Experian. I mean, he is everywhere. He's selling trash bags and telling you how to improve your credit. I mean, dude,
0: he's the the voice of what? The pistachio elephant or something
1: like that now? I I I don't know if that's been confirmed or not, but it definitely sounds... No, that's totally
0: John. Dude, that's
1: totally John. Okay, well, yeah, he's everywhere, so he really is. No one's really drawn more than him. People can boo him all he wants, but he has this ability that at the end of the match, people are going to be cheering for him regardless. You can boo him out of the building, but at the end of the match when he wins, you're cheering for him, and you're still chanting, this is awesome, even if he's only doing essentially five moves of doom, so... I, I would love it doesn't to matter if
2: they're booing or cheering. They're just going to continually pay to see him next time. That's all that matters, right? Oh, yeah.
1: His kids are going to... The kids that are standing there with the person that's booing John Cena are begging their parents for a John Cena hat, foam finger, a T-shirt. I mean... Yeah, I, exactly. I, I don't even know all the merchandise that he has, but he, he is a marketing genius. I mean, every few months, he comes out. He doesn't really change too much of his shirt. He just makes it a new color, and he just... All the kids are like, oh, I need need that color now, too. Oh, yeah. He's an absolute marketing genius. So doesn't change anything. Every shirt says hustle, loyalty, respect. It's a new look of him on a shirt. But instead of being purple, now it's green. Then it's red. And then he's like the Fruity Pebbles, as The Rock said. I don't know. And any time that The Rock comes out with a shirt, I mean, geez, I think he's Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. Like he's like sponsored by like Under Armour now and has his own line. Is, is that true? Or the Rock. Not? Yeah, The Rock. What The ball. Rock? Oh, dude, Project Rock. Hell yeah! I he, I, I,
0: I have like, a couple sorry. workout shirts, man. When he first came out with it, I got a couple
1: workout shirts. I had no. Ad- I know that he came out with an app too, like uh, like a workout app. I dude, I did download that once, and it's like you could set
0: you could set your alarm to his to when he wakes up. Dude, it was go, it would go off at like four in the fucking morning. That's I'm like, no, I'm insane. nope. I I immediately uninstalled that app. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, I think this is a good question for you. So AJZ, kind of run us through your day because it even today, in the life of a bodybuilder. What does a typical day look like for you?
2: Well, right now during the quarantine, it's a little bit more lax, But like, I'll just wake up do a couple hours homework, something like that, maybe start working on a new YouTube video or something for social media. Then I'll work out for two or three hours, and then after eating in between while I'm working on my computer or doing homework or whatever, then I might eat again, go for a small walk, and then work on a video. And then after I'm done working on a video again, I'll probably respond to some clients for personal training or something like that. And then after that, probably just watch a movie and pass out.
1: What time does your day start at? 8 a.m., 8 a.m. Now, before this whole quarantine lockdown type thing, were you still waking up at 8 o'clock in the morning or were you waking up a little bit earlier?
2: Well, the schedule varies, man. Like if I get home from a show at 5, I'm not waking up at 8 unless I have to be up. So if I'm getting home from a show at 5 in the morning then, you know what, I might sleep till noon or 1, you know. But on a regular scheduled day, I try to wake up between 8 and 10, get to the gym and work on stuff in the morning and then can continue my day from there.
1: Now, in the life of a bodybuilder, you're you're talking about eating. What does your diet typically look like? Are you on like a strict like uh like keto diet or are you eating pretty much anything you want to?
2: I see, here's the thing. I believe that any diet that has an extreme mindset, A isn't maintainable. And if a diet's not maintainable for the next seventy years of your life, it's not a diet that you can stick to. So I look at dieting like a budget. So the important parts of a diet are your calories how many many calories you eat if they're too high you'll put on too much weight too fast if they're just above where they need to be then or not just above where they need to be if they're just above maintenance you'll put on a good amount of muscle and limit fat if that's your caloric maintenance you'll maintain your weight obviously and then losing weight you know you slowly lower your calories and if it's too low then you know your metabolism will slow with it but without getting sidetracked here i think the important part is just to gradually either increase your calories if your goal is to gain muscle, gradually decrease if your goal is to lose body fat, and then every now and then have a low day or a high day if you're, you know, continuing a surplus or a deficit, surplus being above your maintenance, deficit mean below below your maintenance for weight loss or weight gain. So just monitor your calories where they're at and track what you eat and you know, assess your protein, your carbs, and your fats, and then just make sure that you're hitting those things. But the way you get there isn't as important as the end result of what you're having for that day. So there's a lot of slogans and taglines and, you know, products that are sold in the fitness industry. And a lot of them are garbage. At the end of the day, it's just the basics that really matter. And I feel like that's where people get lost.
1: Now for someone like yourself, that's also a personal trainer. Let's say just hypothetically, someone's just trying to, lose weight? What would be your ultimate, not only dietary, but also, um, like workout regimen that you would recommend for them?
2: Um, it's definitively just being in a caloric deficit. So below, below your calorie maintenance for an extended period of time with a few diet breaks. So for instance, you'd have a few days of higher calories to make sure metabolism is still working effectively so you don't have to lower your calories too far, but just it just comes down to not eating too much food. And it doesn't matter if it's fats or carbs or this or that. That's like the minutia of it all. What really matters is just consistently staying on a diet for the long haul and, you know, making sure you're not eating too many calories.
1: Mm. Now, so working
2: you... out, yeah, like weight training helps you burn calories. Cardio helps you burn calories. Hit cardio is probably the most effective for fat burning. But with that, just, consistently staying on your diet is the best way to lose fat.
1: Okay. Now, have you, obviously, being in the business that you are, a lot of people have told me about this intermittent fasting. Good or bad?
2: Uh, I don't really take that mindset when it comes to fitness. I don't think it's good or bad. It's just circumstantial. So when I was dieting for a bodybuilding show and I only had so many calories, you know what I did? I did intermittent fasting by default because I wanted to save my calories for the end of the day so I'd have enough food in my stomach so I'd be able to fall asleep at night. So I, by default, save my calories for the end of the day and eat less calories overall. But as far as just intermittent fasting just to fast, I don't really know if there's any scientific proof that it's super beneficial. But if you want to eat less by skipping a few meals in the morning, I definitely think that's probably a good way to do it.
1: Yeah, like I... I've heard, like, positives and negatives from it. Like, I I have some family members that have done it and have seen significant losses, but then I see other individuals that have gained weight because because of it.
2: That's just due to core control. So those guys that, or guys, gals, whoever, that lost weight or gained weight, it was just dependent on how many calories they ate during that window. So if people think, oh, I'll starve myself for 16 hours and then binge eat for, you know, the last four hours of the day, whatever it is, that's not a healthy mindset to take because they're going to binge eat and then they're going to overdo their calories. So that's why they got fat. But with that, people who lost weight, they probably skipped meals in the morning and then ate responsibly in the evening, and their calories were on point, so they lost weight. So it wasn't due to the you know intangible effect of intermittent fasting as the superior diet. It's just due to the fact that it just helped them eat less calories.
1: Very true. And I think that's one of the things that... A lot of people don't understand is they, they see you like, hey, I can not eat for like 13, 14 hours or whatnot, and then I can literally just eat whatever I want, and yeah, they're, no. they're not calorie counting. Yeah. <laughs> right,
2: exactly. It's so like, that's uh, the where the problem lies.
1: Exactly. Like, oh, well, I didn't eat for 14 hours, so now I can go like eat like 2,700 calories worth of food, and it's all like just absolute garbage
2: sure exactly so that's it's just like people in fitness take this extremist approach to everything no more carbs no more sugar no more no more meat whatever it is and it's like bye you know for what reason like any extremist diet i'm not saying they're all bad but i'm just saying like maybe just think about it for a second A is it maintainable for the long haul can you do it for the next 70 60 50 years and then also with that What's the logic behind it? Other than just the tagline of saying fats make you fat or carbs make you fat. Like, if you really think about it, what's what's the reason for it? Other than for someone to try to persuade you to buy their program. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the oh. biggest things. Like, people don't know the big difference between it. And when I started my my diet, I, I cut out sugars. I stopped drinking pop. I uh, cut out all like all carbs for the longest time now quarantine has unfortunately put me into the position where okay i'm gonna have bread here and i've i've slipped a little bit but i never really noticed overall with all the things that i used to eat how many calories i was actually consuming and that's what's definitely helped me but a lot of people just, unfortunately, just assume, hey, well, I haven't eaten for this amount of time, so I can eat whatever I want. And it's very difficult because a lot of people without, especially someone like yourself that has had proper training and has a plethora of knowledge towards it, a lot of people don't know, hey, is this good or is this bad? It's kind of like that scene in uh, in Mean Girls, like, hey, is br- is butter a carb? It's like right there's people that don't know (laughs) that yes i just threw out a mean girls reference so sue me oh well i could i could quote the entire movie right now if we want to we could i know i just was
0: i just was not expecting
1: that why wouldn't you Ah, very true yeah you know me (laughs) come on i last week we we referenced ace ventura for an entire segment this week let's reference mean girls who knows what it's gonna be next week Maybe it will be Tiger King. Who knows? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no kidding, right? I <laughs> well, sure. anyway, so I, the last, I only have a couple more questions for you. I don't want to take too much of your time. I, I don't want to take away from your TV time, more importantly. But uh, you're out on the, sure. if if my message were, you're out on the West Coast right now, correct?
2: Yeah, currently I'm out here just visiting my parents a little bit.
1: Okay. Now, are they in California or? Arizona. Oh Arizona, okay. So w- around what time frame? Because I know that you said Arizona. that you grew up. Oh, was I in... breaking
2: up there or something?
1: Yeah, you you broke up there for a few seconds there. So okay, uh, they're in Arizona now. When did they make that transition? Because you grew up in Wisconsin, and when you kind of moved out, was there kind of there um, like, hey, we're at empty nest now, so we're gonna go move to Arizona?
2: Yeah, that's pretty much exactly it. Once the kids are out, you know, let's get out of here and go to some warm weather.
1: Well, I, I think you kind of uh, you pretty much uh, encourage them to do so with your uh, with your move down south as well.
2: Right, exactly. They learn from the kids. I mean, if the kids live somewhere one, they got to do the same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. You need to encourage them to come visit. I guess you could say. So, right. I, I moved out. My parents just started traveling the world, and they didn't even invite me to go anywhere. And they've literally been everywhere. So not recently. really.
2: What's wrong with that, man? You 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 got the short end of the stick with that. As soon as they move out. As soon as you move out, they start doing all the fun stuff.
1: Yeah, like they've been to uh, really. They've been to Alaska. Yeah, but you, yeah, but let's be honest.
0: You also don't know Pat, so yeah, it's kind of weird.
1: Okay, that that was <laughs> that was very rude. Those were not kind words. <laughs> yeah, you can laugh all you want. No, Oh, that, well, I'm not going me. to. Yeah, because you you've known me for. Uh, 26 years so that's fine i
0: stand by my stand i stand by
1: my statement you're one of the only people that i allow to make a statement like that where it's like okay well that's logical you know me more than anybody else but my wife just chimed in now too she's home she's gonna throw something at me here in a second but like no my parents like they've been to uh they every year for their anniversary they go to uh some exotic place they go to like um like uh Putacana. they go to Jamaica, they go to Dominican Republic, they uh, have been to Alaska, they've been to Hawaii, um, they've been to. Uh, help me out here. Where else have they been? No, probably- She's flipping me off. So they, they've been they've been up apparently. I don't know. She's giving me the finger right now. So she doesn't want to talk to me. But hey, you you know her better than anyone, Dave. But. Uh, yep. la- last question that I have for you, and I promise that this will be all over for you, <laughs> but what kind of advice can you give to people, not necessarily just the fitness aspect, but anyone that wants to pursue the same direction that you're going to, because you are essentially new in the business. You haven't been around for, for too long, but... Uh, You've definitely made an impact to the point where individuals have even reached out to us like, hey, we'd love to hear from AJZ and and have them on the show. So what kind of advice would you give to those individuals that are currently going through the systems to get the most out of that experience to kind of get themselves over as well?
2: Well, first of all, that's flattering because, honestly, at this point, that's awesome to hear that you perceive me that way and others perceive me that way, so I have nothing but gratitude for you saying that, but With that, I just, like I I touched on earlier, something that makes you different. It doesn't mean you have to have a crazy body. It doesn't mean you have to be super skinny and a high flyer. It doesn't mean you have to be super large and whatever, a powerhouse. It just means when someone looks at you, for what reason are they going to want to bring you in so that they can draw and make money off of you? If not, you're probably not an asset to their company. So with that, they're probably not going to want to use you. So from my experience, I would just say just try to talk to people and just be nice and just be genuine and just be yourself and just try to learn and don't look at it as I got to get to here at this point, at this spot for this job, think like how can I just improve this match to make it the best it can be or make this promo the best it can be or the segment the best it can be or this backstage spot the best it can be and like with that your work will get better and you know you'll probably learn things along the way that will help you get better so that when an opportunity comes you can make the most out of it so like i would just worry less about getting somewhere and worry more about you know what how can i make this the best i can possibly make it today
1: that's a good mentality to have and just be coachable i guess is the best way you can truly put it as well because I mean, if you're going into it like, hey, I know everything, what are you really going to get out of it? Right. If you do want to follow along, you can find him all across social media. He's tagged in all of our posts and pictures. Uh, You can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Twitter. You can also find him on YouTube as well. If you head on over to YouTube, he does have his own channel. He provides content on a constant basis. If you do go there, though, just make sure that you click on that subscribe button so you can get updated when new content is updated as well. But... Like I mentioned, I don't want to take too much of your time. I want you to enjoy the evening, watch some TV, kick back. I'm sure the to-do list has already been completed. So go enjoy yourself. We we won't subject you to any more of our nonsense any longer. But AJZ, thank you so much for coming on, and best of luck uh, making it through this quarantine, and hopefully we'll see you back on TV in, in no time, whenever that's going to be, because Lord knows we need some wrestling in our lives.
2: Well, I truly, genuinely, and actually appreciate you guys for having me on the show and talking to me and giving me the time of day to express some of my thoughts, opinions, and ideas. But with that, I'd just like to plug my social media super quick. My Twitter and Instagram is at AJZiggy, ajziggy one eight one eight. Uh Facebook, I have a like page. It's Team AJZ. And then YouTube is Andreas Ziegler, A-N-D-R-E-A-S-Z-I-E-G-L-E-R. You can just type in AJZ Wrestler, too. That might work, too. So...
1: Not a whole lot happening in the wrestling world, obviously. There's nope, been sucks. some, it, yeah. The the there's been some fun moments. Don't get me wrong. I, I love everything that they're doing with these cinematic matches and everything that AEW is doing as well. That match last week, <laughs> the moment with Sammy Guevara with the golf cart makes me laugh every single time. And it, at at this point, I, I mean. Uh, there's not a whole lot that we can talk about that we haven't already discussed. So wh- we left it to our listeners to find out exactly what pressing issues and topics and questions you guys had. And I mean, th- they came through in in waves. And I didn't think that many people had that many questions, so it was kind of surprising. So at this point, we're gonna do a know the show segment. So some of <laughs> you sent in your what. What are you doing? Are, are you, I'm laughing. You're laughing. Okay, so and, he really just three shits about us. <laughs> what? There's a ton of <laughs> questions here. So, here I'll I'll I'll, I'll premise this one. So, I, I'm not going to give any names out. So, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus of who asked these questions. So, the first question here: What is your favorite non-wrestling podcast and why? So. With with myself, podcast wise, I I love Pat McAfee, so I I listen to Pat McAfee. I used to listen to Tom Segura, um, in, in my mom's basement, but I've stopped listening to it uh, just recently. A lot of uh, uh, to be honest, he called me a retard, so uh, not a not a big fan. It definitely hurt. Everyone's Did he personally to the, call you it? No, but he said all wrestling fans are retard[s]. So yeah, I I, I take a little offense to that. That he, he called the he called wrestling fake, which it's not fake. And if you do want to call it fake, then I can introduce you to someone that will smack the shit out of you. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, it's but,
0: like yes. Let we let let's all be honest. We understand.
1: It's outcomes may be
0: predetermined, and yes. There may be some scripted parts, but guys and girls, they are. These people are fucking athletic. Like, come on now. Get yeah. your head out of your ass.
1: Exactly. So, what do you find yourself uh, kind of tuning into podcast
0: wise? Uh, uh, let's go down my list because I do have actually quite a few. That, but honestly, since since in quarantine, I actually have not been listening as much, to be honest. I actually have quite. It was always my thing to kind of get me through work, like certain things. But, yeah, like yeah, being here in quarantine, I have it as much. Why am I talking to myself?
1: You're not talking to yourself because I'm here right here right now. So You're talking to your wife. I'm not talking to my wife. My wife is talking to someone else because she she's in the background. Go figure. Someone actually asked, one of the questions was, when are we going to have Shannon back on? Wow. Go figure. So someone wow, act- someone actually likes her. Someone actually likes her, Shannon. Shannon, Shannon, what? Yeah, I'm on the phone. She
0: sounds demonic. So fine. I will. But to go back, like I haven't like I, I used to like get big into um, Steve Austin show, especially when he was doing his two a week, like way back when. But obviously now, like he hasn't been doing a whole lot. I love I love my Tomahawk show for Browns fans the Joe Thomas and Andrew Hawkins podcast. I love, I that, love that podcast. That one is fucking hilarious. Um, depending on who's on, like wait, you said non wrestling, I'm sorry. So Steve Austin, well he has some non wrestling people on there, so Yeah, and so does Chris Jericho <sighs> too. Yeah, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho I kind of fell off of a little bit because it's just like some of the people he has on, I'm like, eh, I
1: really
0: don't care. Well, he had um, the
1: Revival on last weekend. It, it was like a tell-all. That's, that, had,
0: that's one I need to go and listen to. Th- that
1: was a really good one. He also had um he had Luke Harper, also known as Brody Lee, on just recently too, and it definitely gave you a deep dive into his experience in WWE. He's like, look, like nearing the end of his time... He was, like, begging to be in dark matches. He's like, look, like, maybe, like, because he was over. He was very over. Uh, The crowd, I I remember what event did we go to, and, like, Luke Harper was, like, in the dark match to open the show, and the crowd was ecstatic when he came out. It's like, why isn't he in anything? Oh, that's why, because they have nothing for him. There's no creative whatsoever for him, so uh, they can't put him in anything, but he's... 100% 100% over and just if you want to check it out go listen to it but I, I enjoy Chris Jericho's yeah. podcast as well um, I, I listen well, to it. I, was, I wasn't finished. Okay. You kind of
0: cut me off I'm sorry. Yeah but I know I'm, I'm, I'm just going through my list because I have like 30 or so here. It just depends on what I like poker on but sometimes I'll, I would listen to Pat McAfee. I haven't gotten into him for a while. I'll just listen to like certain segments of his um, I'll listen to segments of a certain morning show on a certain sports talk FM channel who happens to be a fan of our show. I'll listen to segments of theirs.
1: Hello, Mr. Common. Hi Ken.
0: Hi, Ken. We love you. Uh Ron Funch's podcast once in a while. It's like I have like nothing in common with him. But it's like I just like I love the human story. So it's like listening to like a lot of like the comedians he talks about and just like his whole thing of getting better and this that and the other thing is just sometimes fun to listen to. Uh, Conan O'Brien, uh, armchair expert with Dax Shepard, is funny as shit.
1: That's actually really entertaining. Yeah.
0: Um, what I have gotten into also because we I love The Office. I do listen to Office Ladies, where there's their uh, oh, office. Pretty good, yeah. I do like that one. And Scrubs just started one.
1: Yeah. Like they're like, they're like, fake a doctors, in. real friends. I love the it. friends. Yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah. yeah and, I, that I has become one of
0: my favorites. Yeah. Like, yeah. I always love the, like, I love those two anyway. And
1: yeah, that, that one's become a real favorite. Oh, mine. yeah. JD and Turk. Come on. <coughs> like, yeah, the the second they announced oh. that, I was like, dude, done. Like, subscribe right there. Next question from there. So obviously, uh, that's non wrestling related. But if you want to check out some uh, wrestling podcasts, uh, obviously, Marks with Mike's, Can Crushers, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, IndyCast, any of ours that we tag in some of our posts and uh, some of our likes as well. So definitely go check them out as well. But the question was non wrestling related. So unfortunately, they get left in the dark there. Now, next question. Uh, let, let's go here. Who should challenge Jimmy Vegas for the IWC heavyweight title when shows return? Bulk nasty. Bulk nasty. Even with the relationship that they have, too? Absolutely. All right. Well, I, I
0: was going to hey, say. Best, I, hey, good friends, better enemies.
1: Very true. Very true. I, I would say uh, uh, if there was someone I would like to see. I would love to see a Jimmy Vegas, uh, John McChesney. I think that'd be a huge hard hitting match. And obviously with, uh, what's going on with, uh, team big league, why not put them in the center? So, uh, I'm, I'm going with John McChesney. So next question, what wrestlers, not WWE, do you see being bigger stars for the product in the future? Now, when I when I first read this, I was I was a little like confused. Um, so pretty much, you're mean, guessing
0: like, who who's gonna make the jump to WWE. That's gimmick, so? that's
1: what I interpreted by it. But like I I think they're asking like on those promotions, like what are some future stars for those promotions? But we'll we'll leave it with WWE. I apologize to this person if I misinterpreted your question. Um, so wh- who do you see as stars of tomorrow? Is what they're asking. So. Uh, we'll take it from there. So I'll I'll. do you want me to go first since you went first on the the last question? Yeah, go. Ward, go. though, See, but you
0: know, they're already trying to build him. Like they're trying to slow burn. I think
1: because he's like, I nervous. honestly
0: like, yeah, I honestly, they brought him in to be a future star already. Like, so I think he's one you can't, you can't consider because I think he's already on that track.
1: Okay. Well then I'll gi- I'll give a shocking answer. How about this? Next big star in impact wrestling. Madman Fulton. I think they're already doing the same thing with him. I I don't think that they are. I think that they're trying to push towards that, but he's not at that level as of yet, where he's that star power, where he is that monster that they're actually pursuing. I think that there's something coming. And I think with the tournament that they have right now where the winner of the tournament does get a number one contender position, I see that tournament ending or not ending, but the final match being Sammy versus Madman Fulton because he he has a lot of blame towards OVE. OVE has a lot to prove on their own. So why not have that final match be Madman Fulton versus Sammy Callahan? And then it's OVE's old leader versus OVE's new leader. And then that's that elevation, or they or they give it to Sammy. Who knows? But that could be that elevation that they're looking for for Madman Fulton. As much as it hurts me to say, I see Madman Fulton being the next big thing and the next star to lead Impact into the next level. I, I see that happening. So only time will tell, though, but... And then I I think we can leave all other shows unless you want to touch on that, but uh, on the two big ones that are on TV, and uh, you can touch on Ring of Honor if you want to. But I I I think I feel comfortable in both of my answers right well, there.
0: Well, yeah, Ring of
1: Honor to me they they've really fallen off to me
0: in the last year. Like
1: they've really uh, with that bad press that they got. Yeah, I I don't. Mm, even even they're putting then out great like product. From, they're putting out great product don't get me wrong but i, I think they lost a i lot feel like of they had a, i feel like
0: last year they had a lot of steam especially going into uh what was it ROH 18 i think was it 18 last year
1: i think i don't maybe.
0: remember I don't um remember. but i feel like they had a lot going into that and then from that show on i feel like it just kind of was on the downfall and it's like they you know they tried to pick it back up like the start this year which i think they started to but then all this hit and it just ruined everything um same thing with nwa nwa was like doing some great things and then this is just ruined this ruined everything
1: well i stand corrected because in the background i have on impact wrestling and hernandez won fulton lost so, Fulton is out of the tournament. So, that... Well, great job, Pat. I know. I just jinxed myself. You just fucking jinxed him. I fucking jinxed So, I'm... Yeah. So, you know what? We're back to hitting each other. So, yeah. Whatever. You lost. So, you just made my point irrelevant. So, we're moving on to the next question at this point. So, where do we go from here? So, here is... Over there. You know, they asked for top three, but I'm just going to ask for one from at this point. So what match, when you think back, which match had you emotionally invested in it? So which match had you the most emotionally invested? I don't fucking know. <laughs> really? All right. You don't remember when you were emotionally invested? Like in a match at all? Like where... It was like do or die. It's like
0: there's somewhere. it's like they get real, like you get great builds, but it's not like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing since sliced fucking bread. Like, no. Well, like I've, I, I think I it think was I've just like you were mic.
1: so much on the side of one person. So like, for example, I can remember, like I was invested in the match with the Miz versus Dolph Ziggler, where Dolph Ziggler put his career on the line. I thought that that was a fantastic Intercontinental Championship match. I got invested in that. I wasn't emotional about it. I, I didn't see Dolph Ziggler leaving the company afterwards, but I was invested in that match. I, I personally, I don't feel like I've ever been emotionally invested in the match. I, I've been invested in it, but I didn't. the match didn't end where I ended in tears or anything like that, but...
0: Like um, the only, like the most recent one that I could really think that I'd be like that crazy about was the whole Daniel Bryan versus the Authority going into WrestleMania 30.
1: Yeah, like that definitely. Like that's about to it. Well. Yeah, and then like Daniel Bryan winning the championship would be one for you too. Not, I, at the time I wasn't a big Daniel Bryan fan. Like far be it, I, I just didn't like his character. I didn't get it. I so, know. I made, and I, I was making fun of you for it like all the time. Yeah, no, it's fine. That's completely fine. I I loved the Daniel Bryan that you hated. So I liked when he was this save the planet person. So, and you didn't. So, yeah, we're both on the same page there. Um, Next question. What inspired you to start a podcast and then start a new podcast? So I I guess I can start with... uh, the first portion, um, it this all started as a opportunity. My, uh, a former co-worker and I, and former co-host of the show, uh, would find ourselves after work sitting in the parking lot. and We would just talk wrestling for hours on end. Um, and one night, he mentioned, "Hey, we should really start a podcast." Didn't think anything of it. Next thing you know, I'm driving home because it's about like. 35, 40 minutes back home from where I work and and well in my side job that is Um, and I really just kind of started pondering it and thinking it over and next thing you know I I text them the next morning with all these different ideas that I had and a month later we recorded our first podcast time went on from there Um, unfortunately things didn't work out with the previous co-host I reached out to Dave, who you hear right now, who was 100% on board. He even filled in uh, sometimes where my previous co host couldn't take part. Um, I We had great chemistry, so I extended the opportunity to him. He grabbed it and he's ran with it ever since. And here we are today. Um, and then there was this idea that him and I pondered, um, which led us to starting a secondary podcast. And Dave, I'll kind of just let you take it from there.
0: Yeah, and and let's be honest, I tried I tried to start my own, my own sports one, didn't exactly. Well, I don't think it got a lot of steam and then my co-host got really busy with grad school and other things, so that one's kind of fallen to the wayside right now.
1: Congratulations to him by the way. He graduated this past weekend. Yes, he did. He finally finished his graduate degree. Well, congratulations uh, going out to Todd.
0: To Todd. Yeah. Um so we tried that didn't work. Uh, then you invited me into here and it seemed to work. And then, yeah, it was our interview with Dave where, when we started really talking football that, uh,
1: and then with Jimmy too, I think, I think it was when we had Jimmy, uh, when we had Jimmy nuts on, I think that's where like the ball, like kind of started rolling from there.
0: I I think that's where the smoke started to kind of come. Like that would be kind of interesting. And then once Dave said that, yeah. He'd really want to do something. That's where it's like it went to a full blown fire. Oh,
1: yeah. Like the, the smoke has, has gone away and then now it's just full on flames. Yeah. Now like, it's just burning. So, yeah. And, and now look at us here. So, th- that's uh, if I could give any advice, um, just be passionate about it. Um, enjoy it. If you don't love it, if you don't like it, then it's going to come across. With what you're listening, I enjoy doing this. It's a release. It's fun for me. If it's not for you, then at that point, if you lose the passion for it, it's people are gonna hear it. So just love what you do. Who cares what people say? We have haters. We have people that don't like us. We've had people that didn't like us as well. And yeah, you're gonna get it no matter what. Unfortunately, social media is a terrible place. And yeah, you just have to be thick-skinned and, and, and be able to battle through it and just kind of smile and keep moving forward. So that's the advice and, and the story behind uh, Dark Match Podcast. And then the Munipod, which if you couldn't get the correlation there, we kind of stuck with the DMP. And thank you to uh, Dave with pointing that one out to me because I really had no idea when uh when you brought it up i'm like well why would you put well when you
0: well when you said well yeah when you brought up the the muni pot i'm like why don't we just do why don't we tweak it to this and you're like (laughs) oh my god that is the greatest
1: yeah i was like fuck yeah why didn't i think of that i'm an idiot take a good idea yeah take a good idea make it better that's that's
0: how you become a millionaire
1: take a good idea make it better yeah (laughs) give me the rough draft i'll make it the final copy so Here's a very interesting question for you. So if you could change the outcome of any match in wrestling history, what match would it be? And what would the landscape look like if that had happened? I'll start this one off. So, I mean, it really wouldn't change the outcome. But if I could change any match in history, I mean, this is a tough one. And I know you and I kind of discussed this before we started recording and you kind of gave me, you kind of took my initial idea so I'm going to save that one for you or do you just want me to share it cuz I think we both kind of uh, agreed on the same the same concept
0: what that what? there shouldn't have been a rain delay in the World Series yes. and
1: that yes there should not have and, been a rain and, delay and, in and and we would seven. have
0: had and Cleveland would have had two titles that year yes and the I, cubs would still be
1: losers yes that's exactly what it was—the match between the Cleveland Indians and the Chicago Cubs, Game Seven, World Series, 2016. If there, should there was not have no fifteen-minute rain delay, there should, there should have not have not been. been. 15 minute, 15 minute. There was Fuck. no fucking rain. No rain. We could have played through it. So, and the outcome would have been the second best parade I've ever been to in my entire life. No. So,
0: no, that would have been a better parade than the Cavs.
1: Very true. Uh, yes, I I stand corrected.
0: Hey. That, yeah, it would have been warm with all that. Because alcohol. of the drought, because of the drought, the Cavs one was awesome. But I'm a, more of a baseball fan. But let's be honest: the day the Browns ever win a Super Bowl is going to be bigger than either of those would ever be.
1: Oh yeah, we're going to be freezing our asses off. We're going to be covered in booze. It's going to be awesome, and the booze is just going to freeze on you. And then it's gonna turn into boob like sickles. I almost said yes. boobsicles. Boobsicles. Yes, boobsicles. Boobsicles. I. That's a tongue twister in itself. So, uh, there's a couple more questions here, but we're gonna save those ones for a different day, and we'll do a know the show a, a little bit more in depth later on down the line. But that's gonna do it for this week's episode. We have a very 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 exciting interview next week. Can't wait to let you know and give you the insight on that one. So stay tuned for that one. But be sure to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't done so yet. Maybe if you send us over a picture that you have listened to this show and this episode, maybe we'll send you out some merch when it does come in. But thank you once again. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you guys next week.